When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, Tom Bernard here. You're listening to Best of the Family. Enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us, we talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Welcome back. This is the Tom Bernard Show. Knock, knock, knock. This song is forever ruined for me, Mike, by uh, GNR. Yeah, that's the only way I can hear it now in my head, no matter who sings it. Because didn't Clapton do a pretty good uh, yeah. version of this too? Yep. I just hear Axel Merman singing it. All right, this uh, top story today from KLFY Channel 10. Why not KFLY? I don't know. It's KLFY. I'm just going with what they've got for me. Then it would be KFLY. Eaten alive. Woman known for her beauty suffers a horrific death at a nursing home. 
An investigation uncovered a Georgia nursing home resident died from scabies infestation. A forensic pathologist who reviewed the case estimates millions of parasitic mites essentially ate her alive over what could be several months or possibly years. Hmm. Being eaten alive by scabies. According to a pending lawsuit filed by the family, 93-year-old Rebecca Zenny died back in 2015 from scabies at the facility. The autopsy report shows the cause of death as septicemia due to crusted oh. scabies. Yeah, well, septicemia. Well, she wasn't eat. No, no, no. She got a inf- bad infection. Yeah, septicemia. They that. got into the blood and yeah, something. <clears throat> Yeah. Oh, it says here, state health officials were notified about a scabies outbreak at the nursing home multiple times, but did not inspect the Lafayette, Georgia facilities. Zenny's family say their mother lived the American dream. She worked in a naval yard during World War II, modeled in New York, and worked at a TV station in Chicago. Zenny's daughters, who declined to be interviewed on camera, says she moved her mother into the Shepherd Hills nursing home back in 2010. Health records show Zenny suffered from dementia. Mike Perito and Stephen Chance are attorneys representing Zenny's family in a lawsuit against Pruitt Health, which operates Shepherd Hills Nursing Home, where Zenny died. I don't understand how you can allow a human being to suffer needlessly, said uh, Perito. Scabies is a painful but treatable skin condition caused when parasitic mites burrow into your skin, lay yeah. eggs, and survive off of your body. Pictures of Zenny before her death show flaking skin and her hands have been blackened. Chance claims staff were told not to touch Zenny's hands. There was a conversation at the nursing home with a healthcare provider about being careful about touching Mrs. Zenny's hands for fear that it might fall off her body. This is before, well, uh, hmm. good Lord. Yeah, 11 Alive News asked forensic pathologist Dr. Chris Sperry to review Zenny's autopsy report. He's the former chief medical examiner at the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Sperry said he's personally conducted more than 6,000 autopsies and supervised more than 80,000 others. This is one of the most horrendous things I've ever seen in my career as a forensic pathologist, said Sperry about Zenny's autopsy report. Sperry estimates hundreds of millions of mites were living inside Zenny at the time of her death. He doesn't think it's an exaggeration to assume she was essentially eaten alive and that she likely died a painful death. Having seen what I've seen... Mrs. Uh, with Mrs. Zenny, I think it's frankly a good characterization, said Sperry. I would seriously consider calling this a homicide by neglect. Yeah. A lo- local television station called and emailed Pruitt Heath's chairman, communications director, and an attorney representing the company numerous times for a response. Not one person responded. What a surprise there, huh? Oh. Eaten alive by scabies. Oh, and it's it just like crazy because, you know, they're that whole process of. Uh, of them burrowing, burrowing into your skin, you know, all the inflammatory reactions. So you're just, you're always miserable all over. Oh, man. Can uh, you believe that? It sounds oh. like she was so out of it that she might not have even known what was going on, though. Well, dementia just makes you kind of think different thoughts and random thoughts and patterns, right? But does oh. that, you still feel pain. So, so, so locked in your locked in your head, oh. sort of, yeah. you know, even though you don't know what's going on around you. I mean, you still are sensing pain. Oh, what a horrible thing. I mean, yeah, that might be it. That might be, yeah. That I might, told you that. That might be it. The yeah. worst possible way <laughs> over several months, maybe several years, yeah. just being eaten alive to the point her hands turned black and nobody well, she would lost, do anything. Yeah, she lost circulation to her hands oh, uh, yeah. because of uh, chronic infection or, you know, who knows, or it could have been just that over infestation just in her hands. Oh, man. 
And we were talking before the show, Ralph. Uh, oh, about... give me! I need, I need some, I need some Compazine or some Zofran. I'm getting all sick to my stomach. Or just swallow Man. rubbing alcohol to clear out the system. No, that's not a good idea. Uh, we were talking before the show, uh, talking about parasites. This, Speaking it's, of parasites, it's the time of year, right, for ticks. Uh, that's, yeah. I'm not an outdoors guy, but uh, I've been bitten by ticks. I've, I've had the bullet mark or what do they call the bullseye so i I got bitten by a deer tick that was carrying lyme disease i was treated for it but i was i watched this documentary called under our skin and now there's a sequel to it i see that just came out in 2015 i have to check that out as well but i'm blown away by this and just how destructive this lyme disease really is and what it's attributed to and people are realizing that people are now being categorized with um chronic fatigue syndrome or uh, what, what's that other disease we mentioned earlier? Fibromyalgia. Yeah, fibromyalgia. Uh, this could really just be um, bacterial infection from this yeah. tick bite. And they actually did a test. I think there were 10 brains that they did tests on of people that died of Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and dementia. And in eight or nine of them, they found this virus from the ticks. Or the genetic marker of, right. of the infection. Right, that's uh, the word. In that. you know, and I've, I've heard that. As well, and yet, um, but you have to. That has to be corroborated by other evidence. I mean, that, that you, you can have a, a, a coincidental uh, occurrence that way, and it could be that. Now, but nine eight out or of, nine, nine out of ten—that's yeah. a pretty high coincidence. That's right. But if they're all in, uh, in I mean, Dentine's happy with three out of four support, dentists. Suppose they were all in uh, areas uh, where there was farming. Right. People were outside all the time, or they were all outdoorsmen. Yeah, maybe uh, they all have that. That's right. They, they may have, uh, the incidence in the general population may still be ninety percent, so it's it's not meaningless. Now, if the incidence in the that's it, the general population is five percent, yeah. and ninety percent of the people have it, well, then there's a statistical significance. But it has to be, like I say, it has to be checked behind but out for east other where things. this where the initial outbreak began they said that it's you know most people out there are carrying this and don't even have a clue and they're saying that it now even may be transmittable by sexual contact uh so it's a venereal disease well it it can be by the transmission yeah that's one of the the deals that they're looking at what was really disturbing to me about this is the way that the medical community was being treated when they released this documentary i think it was back in 2009 because, what is it, tetracycline, right, is yes. the antibiotic? Yeah. And it's, it's a quick run, like a 7- to 10-day run. Well, if you, if you, if you f- discover a tick on you mm-hmm. and you remove the tick or, you know, whatever, if you take, you only need a single dose of tetracycline. I believe it's a single dose. I, last, I, last I was told, and so I have a bottle of tetracycline, and, and so if I see a tick, even if it's a wood tick on me, I just, you take a single dose, boom, take the tick off, walk away. So, well, that, it, it, but as, as the infection goes on, then you have a more of a uh, more uh, a longer treatment. Well, they've got uh, they've got these doctors that are featured in the documentary who who are very proficient at helping these people that had long term exposure to Lyme disease mm-hmm. and people that might have been repeatedly bitten and continually infected. Yeah. And the treatment is so simple. I mean, what is tetracycline? It's got to be one of the cheapest of the antibiotics. Oh, it is. It's one of the one of right. the, not penicillin is the original, but tetracycline wasn't too far behind. They're uh, they're being um, stripped of their license for treating this because the the medical community does not accept that this is a real issue, yeah, because- even though they've been able to prove. In, in this documentary, and again, I understand documentaries can be slanted to 
provide mm-hmm. the image they want to provide. But if you're looking at this case and you're looking at it uh, with the dramatic change that these doctors were having, and they weren't harming anyone. It was a simple antibiotic, well, which does not have much in the way uh, of side effects, does it? It, it does. It does. And there, there are risks associated with antibiotics, whether it's um, uh, skin rashes, whether it's uh, photosensitivity. That's another uh, problem with tetracycline. But the other thing, you can also get clostridia difficile. Uh, uh, sort of a horrible diarrhea, bleeding kind of problem because of an overgrowth of uh, the bacteria in your colon. Yeah, so, they're not great for your uh, GI tract. Yeah, and not good, not good for your microbiome. So, you, you know, I, what happened, what they need to have done is they need to have a prospective double-blind study where they study as two groups of people, one that get the tetracycline, one that don't, and see what happens because some of the if, – if a – Suppose you have uh, your physician and you have 20 patients, and you give them tetracycline, they get better. Okay, well, that's fine, but they may have gotten better because they've gotten better on their own, or they got better because of a placebo effect of the drug. So you, you have to, there's, there, it's a very complex, and these studies are, take a long time because sometimes the differences that you see are not as great as you'd hope, and then sometimes they'll do a study like that, and they'll find out that one group is doing so much better than the other, and they'll break the They'll break the double-blind study to see what's going on, mm-hmm. uh, or they'll have one group that's doing so much worse than the other, and they'll break it because of for fear that they're not treating somebody correctly, or that the treatment. So it can either be that they're not treating somebody, so the disease is getting worse, or they're treating somebody. They're not treating somebody. No, they're not treating somebody. The disease gets worse, or they're treating somebody and they're having a bad reaction to the drug, and you don't know until you break the the code. Right. Well, and in, in the case yeah. with the Lyme disease, if they're treating it, what has been a, a weird side effect of it. Is you're basically you're killing these parasites that are in this this parasitic. It's a bacteria. Bacteria, yeah. and if you're not flushing your body properly, you're basically just carrying this dead disease yeah. in you that makes you very sick as yep. well. They said it's a, a high level of toxicity and can oh, cause you to be very sick okay. if you're not flushing that out properly. So some doctors are just giving the tetracycline without any kind of um, a follow-up on how to, you know, you'll start to feel better briefly t- taking the tetracycline like the seven-day cycle, right. but then you'll start to feel worse if you're not doing what it takes to get these parasites in the bacteria out. What what uh, What is the bacteria? Uh, let's see here. It's something I've never heard of. Borrelia burgdorferi. Yeah, Bordella. Bor, bor, <laughs> sure, no, whatever. What, what was it again? It, they just they just call it Borrelia. Borrelia. Bor, Borrelia. I thought it was Bordelia. And I said, well, I know where you... <laughs> That's so a that, different that, kind so, of disease. Well, that, expa- that explains the venereal connection right. there. Right, that's true. Uh, Borrelia. Well, they're um, spirochetes. What's that? They're spirochetes. Oh. Like... Um, like syphilis. Well, like a lot of things, yeah, syphilis or spirochetes, and that and that has. So and, that would and, make well, sense and then I, to and the I, STDs. And I don't know, you know, as far as spirochetes go, the if they have a characteristic uh, um, pattern of infection, but uh, well, certainly I know, syphilis um, infection. Syphilis infection is a a chronic ongoing disease. Yeah. In that you get an initial exposure, you can get a you get an open wound, a chancre, uh, not a canker, a chancre uh, on the genital area. Then, uh, or other exposed areas, then you go into a, it goes, it go be quiescent, and then it will go into a secondary phase where it uh, showers your whole body. You get a rash all mm-hmm. over your body and on your hands. That's one of the two rashes you get on your hand, on your palms, your hands, and the soles of your feet. Yeah, syphilis is real bad. And then it goes quiescent again, and then it sort of creates these things called gummas that, uh, or gummas. Uh, gummas that, <laughs> no, <laughs> gum, gummas 
<laughs> that are these uh, what they are called what are they uh, they're either caseating or non-caseating granuloma I forget which is which tuberculosis has one kind of granuloma the other has the other kind and they get these you get in the central nervous system and you can get a characteristic gait yikes yeah and you can get some other central nervous system issues right that are, it is it well, is, that's one a of the bad actor. The main woman in the documentary starts going through that, where she's almost unable to walk for a, sh- a period of time, and they start dosing her, and then her husband starts showing signs of this as well. Huh. So then they were finding out, and there's been a lot of cases that have come out over the last five six years where they started treating people with Parkinson's and Parkinson's like symptoms with the uh, tetracycline and doing these runs, and it's been helping. So. Is there more to this? Yeah, I mean, this there, disease right. is pretty widespread. It, it is. It is possible there could be more to this, and certainly, mm-hmm. if um, this a spirochete, spiro, a spirochete kind of infection, that kind of bacteria, if it has that chronicity of exposure and chronicity of an, and a chronicity of effects in the long term, yeah, I mean, it's but a, it, that that's possible. I, I but I, that I'm I'm boy, I'm on really thin uh, microbiological. Mm-hmm. Uh, and grounds here because I, I don't know that they're that spirochetes always will infect somebody in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Well, I so feel we can like make that generalization. We prescribe so many antibiotics that someone would have noticed a pattern. I mean, it's like you know, how many people with Parkinson's never get prescribed antibiotics ever again after they get diagnosed? So you'd think they would take the antibiotics for something else, notice that their Parkinson's would get better, and tell their doctor, yeah. and eventually people would be they'd start talking. Yeah, but the, the 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 treatment cycle may need to be more than what a normal cycle. A normal cycle right. would be like uh, ten days for antibiotics. You may have to do this for like a month or six well, months. Dave said that you just have to take it once. Well, didn't if you, you? like if you're if you got bit today and you saw the the target, usually you get no, it just, 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 and It can be then, one to seven days worth I of see. dose, depending on what the doctor wants to set you on. But for people that have had long time exposure to it. And they're being tested. And the thing is, you have to be really careful. You have to uh, look up not just any general practitioner, but a Lyme literate doctor in your area that is more proficient and actually understands the disease. Because even Lyme doctors will tell you that in some of the studies and in some of the tests that they run, the tests are not always conclusive. So you need somebody that knows what they're looking at. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll continue discussing strange things here on The Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The XChat app, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XChat app, simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount, and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. XCheck, safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. 
There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Somewhere in a corridor, someone was there. on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom will be back with you tomorrow. Filling in, I'm Dave Schrader. You can check out my show at darknessradio.com, the best in paranormal talk radio. So I'm bringing the strange and twisted conspiracies to uh, Ralph. I can watch his, I watch the vein in the side of his head just start throbbing when I start talking about all these strange things off the air. I, I, I've, I've listened to Coast to Coast uh, mm-hmm. when Art Bell was on, God rest his soul. Right. And man, it was it was nutty. It was just oh, the the, the discussions are, got so intense and so, and really serious and scary. Oh, and my wife said that she couldn't listen to it because she couldn't <laughs> sleep. She was afraid of it. It was it was crazy. Yeah, that was a. It is a great show. I mean, those sort of things people like to listen to when they and you want to listen to that. You got to listen to it at night. Oh yeah, and then you just kind of let your mind go. <laughs> and, and let it happen. We and won't sleep if you do that. We sat in uh, one night. We were doing, because uh, our show was on just before Coast to Coast AM when we were on another station. And we were doing this uh, show on this kind of domestic terrorism. These uh, major corporations supposedly are targeting people. And they will beam messages to them. They'll microwave them. They'll cr- create rashes, these things. And, and the medical community has not been able to answer questions on how people are being exposed to this. And when uh, sweeps are, are being done, EPA sweeps and such at their home, they're not finding anything that would cause these issues. So we're hearing all these weird stories. And uh, while we're doing it, I got one of the most blinding headaches I've ever had in my life. And I told Tim, I go, they're getting me, man. They're coming for me. But you watch these um, these uh, town hall meetings that they're talking, and, and they have these people come forward. And again, you think, okay, there's a nut in every town. There is. There just is. Everybody's got it. But all of a sudden, there were different people from walks of life, ex-military, uh, lawyers, doctors, um, you know, nurses, uh, teachers that were coming forward that believe that they're targeted by this. And that gets kind of strange. Well, yes. And there's you can, you can say, that, say the same thing about people who believe that the earth is flat now. There's a group of people <laughs> that believe the Earth is uh-huh. flat. Sure. And well, even, it is. Look at a map. Even <laughs> map's not round, is it? In your face, e- e- even doctor. Though, even though, you know, uh, the, 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 we have photographic evidence mm-hmm. from space. We do have. We? For, yes, we do. Yeah, but how come we only had one space? picture for, one for picture all those years? For, for one, it's not the same picture. Exactly, have, it is. We have photographic evidence. Mm-hmm. We have geometric evidence. Sure. It's just, it's just. Uh-huh. So you're part of the corporation, I'm aren't you? Part of the corporation, and it, 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 you're yeah. the man bringing the, us down. The, the, the world is round as a sphere. It's not just round; it's a sphere. It's not flat. I don't know about that, Ralph. Yeah. Well, what do you do when you get to the edge? That's the thing. You know, the, what do you do when you get to the edge? It's dome, dummy. Don't you read the news? What do you do when you get to the edge? A dome. You, you is hit not, the dome. You don't go anywhere. 
You're stopped. Like in uh, <laughs> you're stopped. That's yeah, like the Truman Show. Truman Show. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you just you hit the dome. It's like a it's like a bug flapping up against the window. It can't get out. You're there. No, I know. We we did a show on that, and I'll tell you what, though, Ralph. You know, you roll your eyes about it. It's funny to listen to the people that do believe I it. I know because they've got some really interesting takes on what's going on. Well, they put and a it, lot of effort right, into this. Right, and then you get back and you sit there and you listen. And doing Coast to Coast in our show, we, we're open to these ideas. I want to hear why you That's believe right. the things you believe. And sometimes it's really interesting when you can walk away from a show, when I go in knowing the world is round, and I walk away going, huh, that was an interesting conversation. And not meaning like, oh, that was a waste of my time. <laughs> but I'm fascinated by what was shared with me. That, to me, I love those moments, those shows. I think, inter- I, and I and I and I say this in all honesty. I think interacting with people who have differing opinions is 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 not frivolous, and it's an important interaction. Right. I mean, it truly is. And if even if someone you know maybe 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 misinformed, you have to respect that. And I think that our society has not accepted that. And no. if, you know, if I don't believe the same as you, whether it's religion right. or politics or uh, work ethic or a thousand different things. I think dialogue and things is very important for all of us to grow. And, <laughs> what do you think, so. Andy? Should I get a, a flat earther on for your dad? Hmm. Be interested to hear, hear what He's, Tom has to say about the flat earth theory. He does not keep his mind open, mm-hmm. but he is polite. He won't. He won't just you know vehemently disagree and you know just like laugh at people who don't agree with him. The, See, you know, I, I like a lot, to... a lot of people will just like instantly shut down, and you know, not gonna, even discuss anything. I'm going to try to get one on the show on a Tuesday when Ralph is here and you're here, Andy, because I want to hear you two take the guy to well, task. Well, you better be here, a, a, a <laughs> flatlander. You know, but that's what they call they call themselves flatlanders, right, right. don't they? Yeah. And they put out a call around the world, no, which is flat, kind of land, ironic, flatland, don't you think? Flatlander is a science fiction book. Could that's, be. That's a flat earthers. That's that's what they call themselves. Flat earthers. Yeah. Flatland is a the Carl Sagan thing, how he describes uh, like two dimensions or three versus three dimensions. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's level, Carl Sagan. When you start getting into the more obscure references like that, like the domestic terrorism, the fact that uh, the world is flat, and and that we've never been to the moon, and that the yeah. moon is actually a satellite, and when they pinged it with a, a laser, a microphone, it made a hollow. Boom. <laughs> mm. when they hit it right. with a late, late. <laughs> right and then there's there's the audio that that is reportedly out there it's the equivalent to the 13 minutes of missing watergate tape that when they did the first moon shot when they went around the backside of the moon yeah he started describing um structures and that part of the audio no longer exists but australian <laughs> ham radio operators who were listening recorded it and that's still out there. So there's some of that is, is pretty crazy. You start listening, you're like, well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, well, wait. And then I, you've got one of the, the astronauts who is looking out the window, and he goes, hey, where are our thrusters? And they're like, oh, it's about 500 miles behind you. He goes, well, then we're not alone. And they're like, okay, switch to channel 9. Oh, good Lord. And they, they switch over to a controlled <laughs> channel. But that's interesting, too, right? I mean, you've got these guys that are the, the best of the best. That's what the whole movie's about. And they're up there, and they're supposed to know what they're looking at, and something's outside the ship. But I'm always intrigued by what their theories are oh, and why they get to that theory. Oh, man, that is that is, that is coast-to-coast party line I'm listening to. Yeah. Here. That is the greatest. Well, how about the fact that well, when, uh, well, what, when no. Kubrick died, there's audio. And I don't know if you could find it, Andy. If you look up the Kubrick audio where he admits filming, he admits it without admitting it. But I he admits that he about. works, that he, he did a, a film for the government. 
and basically is kind of admitting this is what the believers have that that he filmed the lunar landing and that it was all done in a soundstage which was what apollo or not apollo but apollo 13 no no it was no, uh, apollo 13 was the one that went bad right went sour what was the movie called and it was like stage 13 or something like it was it was like that where they showed how they faked the whole moon landing but it's interesting that right well, after Kubrick died, they released that audio of him kind of admitting to having filmed a secret pro- project for the government. Well, who released this? Someone that made it? Mm, I can't tell you. Okay. Well, if I worry about your safety. You worry about the, you worry about the uh, domestic terrorism? You know, well, your purple lilac PT people? Cruiser what out there the, is easy to, to what, find. What about the people that are that believe that the contrails from the jets are, yeah. are chemtrails? Or chemtrails. Yeah. What about it? Well, what about it? Yeah, what makes about sense about to me. It makes sense to you, the chemtrails? What part, what part of it makes sense? That they're, <laughs> that they're dosing us with chemicals or that they're creating a, um, a, sky, a chemical skynet to keep aliens from being able to get through and uh, permeate us? Wow. Yeah. That's why why UFOs keep crashing. They hit that that invisible web. And they keep crashing? Yeah. Why don't we hit the invisible web, though? Yeah. Because it's invisible. We know know where it's at. Mm. We can turn it on and off, Andy. Come on. We can turn it on and off. Well, how many many, many alien spaceship crashes do we have to uh, account for? There's quite a few. But then you get ones like Rendlesham Forest. Who gets them? The government, man. Oh, they always get them? Luckily, the United States has been involved you're in most t- you're, of them. You're telling me that of all these alien mm-hmm. spaceship crashes, mm-hmm. not one of the one of the uh, the buddies down there in, in the south has seen one in the middle of the swamp and got into it. Got into it and was able to get it out of there before in his pickup before you know the the government already knows that it's downed. They come out. They follow those things. They follow them. Come on. They're leaving a trail behind them. Radioactive, and that, uh, and what that means, what's that? What you're saying is that uh, the human race is smarter than the aliens that have traveled millions of light hey, years to get here. You know what? Sometimes you've got bad drivers, <laughs> and they just make the wrong choice. That's they hit right. the wrong button. That's right. We're smarter than oh man. Uh, nobody's saying we're smarter than the aliens. They're just saying that you know sometimes things are shot down. They believe that there is a Tesla, Tesla death ray that has been created that has been seen shooting at these things. Interesting. Interesting. There was the, and this. And this is this happened. Uh-huh. This happened in that um, when I was at the University of Utah. How long ago? That was. That would have been in 1974. The uh, those uh, the, one of the defense contract defense uh, contracts was there. They were doing research on X-ray lasers. And the physics department, or uh, it may have been the, the chemistry department, and the physics department there had this announcement that they had made had a, made a breakthrough of developing an X-ray laser, and it was immediate. It came out. It was immediately uh, put the kibosh on it. That they shut it right. They, they said no, no, no. We were, we were we made a mistake. No, we didn't. Mm. Well, how about the cars that were supposedly going around that had the ability so, to X-ray inside your house? This was in the news a couple of years ago, and people were getting really offended and bothered you, by it. You know, so, did you know that the sheep died from nerve gas in Dugway? No, I did not. You didn't know that? That's a good. That, so, so you are you, you mocking me? No, I'm not mocking. No, I'm not mocking you because at the time, at the time, they, they, they were what were ten thousand sheep died in the Dugway proving grounds. And they said, oh, it probably was nerve gas. And the government said, oh, no, we would never do it. We're not testing nerve gas. No. Blah, blah, blah. You know, and so they went through this whole process. And, and, and eventually it did come out a few years ago that it, what, that's exactly what had happened, is that these sheep had died from this nerve gas test there. And, you know, the idea of conspiracy theories, 
you know, certainly is not is 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 fueled by those sort of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there were some number of other things during the sixties. Well, uh, Nixon's re- resignation and all that. Mm-hmm. That cover-up kind of thing. Those sort of things. I think that's what's kind of fueled this continued ongoing um, distrust of the government or conspiracy theory that people – and people like to have the conspiracy theory because it it gives you a community. Yeah. And that's one of the basic human needs is you need a community. See, my my issue with the whole we never made it to the moon is the fact that China and Russia have both seen the garbage we left up there. The rover and and literally the the moon garbage we left. Right. Mm-hmm. They would be the first two to say we don't see anything. Yeah, there's nothing up there. We've scanned every square inch of that yeah. thing. There's nothing. <laughs> they would be so happy to dissuade and and prove that that we were a bunch of frauds. Can you Unless s- of course they know. Can, well, of course they're they, part of it. They part of it. Of course they're part of it. It's 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 the uh, the Illuminati. The Illuminati control everything. Illuminati <laughs> probably did the thing. Did can you could you if you have uh, an amateur, te- if you have an amateur telescope, is it possible with current uh, resolution and uh, video resolution? Could you see garbage up there? Kind of know. Yeah, actually, you- I believe that there are a few people that have been able to get in pretty close because of the resolution and the zoom quality on, on some of the cameras and telescopes that are up there. Well, not up there, not up there on, on Earth itself. Right. Well, I mean, I meant the stuff they can see up there using yeah. the telescopes. Huh. Because there are some people, if you go on YouTube, you can see some of the amateur astronomers. Well, some of the amateur astronomers are the ones that have found, yeah. you know, comets and meteors that are zipping towards yeah. our space. Yeah, that's and, and that's the story behind uh, Lucifer's Hammer. Right. Lucifer's Hammer, that, that whole story was the amateur astronomer who found the the uh, comet uh, or meteor that eventually uh, strikes the earth. Is that the one that it comes around the sun and, and we didn't see it because it was in the sun? No, no, it's, it's the one that they, they saw it and it was supposed to come close. And, 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 and it's interesting in, the, in there when, when they were, and it was at Larry Niven, when he was writing the book, he says that this comet had been around and he says, he goes through a, a lineage of this comet and like a hundred or a hundred million years ago, a million years ago, a hundred thousand years ago, each time that it had visited, things had changed a little bit. It came a little bit closer to Jupiter this time, a little bit closer to this And each time it, it had just changed ever so slightly. And then this final pass, it comes close to the earth, but misses it, then goes around the sun and boom, right into the earth. It, that's a, that is a well-written book. That book is Larry Niven does a great job with that That in his other book, Ringworld. See, people have to learn how to use their cameras, too, because I get so many photographs of, I know. of strange things. like Blurry. It's always blurry. <laughs> Not as that. No, it's the, <laughs> the right. they went out in the morning, and they took a picture, and you can see two other planets in the sky, like moon-sized planets. Right. And they, a lot of people just don't understand the way a camera works and refraction and reflection. Yeah. And, and I try to tell people it's like when you're watching TV and you see a car coming at the screen at night. And as its headlights are on, you'll see the headlights roll up off the corner of the other side yeah. of the screen. All you're seeing is reflection off the camera lens. And you cannot make those people believe no matter what. And I'm open-minded to this stuff. But when they're showing me pictures of other planets that are only seen through the eye of their cell phone, then I start having an issue with uh, some of the... <laughs> Some of the belief out there, not all of it. You know what? It's you, it's sometimes hard to accept the you know some of the basic laws of physics and uh, light physics. Physics, physics. <laughs> if I can't see it, it doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, we get a lot of the the weird stuff with uh, the ghost photographs and, and images. And unfortunately, now there's things like ghost capture, which are apps that you can take. So I could take a picture of you, and then I can go into my app and add a ghost behind you and choose the translucency yeah. or opaqueness of it. 
and and then we get those all the time and people hate when i debunk those pictures but i'll send them i look online and find that same ghost at disneyland (laughs) all right well uh we'll take a break we'll come back with more here on the tom bernard show what are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. We're back on the Tom Bernard Show. Talking about strange news. A man who says he tried to commit suicide by drowning himself during a bipolar episode is now suing police in Virginia over claims they stood by as the life drained out of him. The suit, filed by Polish national Matusz Filikowski, is, uh, in Virginia alleges that Fairfax County police actually held lifeguards back from saving him until he was clinically dead. That's what the Washington Post is reporting. Filikowski was working at the pool in Fairfax two years ago while in the U.S. on a summer program. Though he spoke little English and could not swim, he was reportedly made an assistant manager of the facility. Per the AP, Filikowski says he's suing because the 2016 incident left him with more than $100,000 in medical bills. He says he had uh, never suffered any mental health episodes before the incident, and he was later diagnosed with bipolar disorder. According to WTOP, the suit, uh, the suit names 11 police officers as well as the lifeguard supervisor and the company that runs the pool. Filikowski's attorney posted a video taken during the incident that shows the moments before he entered the pool as well as the aftermath, which uh, rescuers use CPR after Filikowski says he was clinically dead. He was left underwater for more than two minutes. What a moron. <laughs> underwater for two minutes? Yeah, this sounds like a crazy person yeah, being crazy. That, that doesn't... Yeah. He spent the next two weeks hospitalized before a subsequent six-day stint in a psychiatric unit. For their part, the Fairfax County police officers uh, acted to protect their own safety and the safety of lifeguards. They say they acted quickly enough to save Filikowski's life. Fairfax County Police Chief Edwin Rossler said he uh, fully supports his officers' actions and has called the lawsuit frivolous. 
To me, the fact that the video is before and after, but not during, is pretty damning. Well, it is. I mean, you he would... was underwater two minutes. Well, that's that, two. Well, four minutes. What? Four minutes before you have uh, brain well, yeah. before you're dead. Before you start, right? But two minutes. You know. I mean, I, I know you can drown that quick if you I jump know, in and, and take a lung dead, full, and you're you can be dead, and you can you can fill your lungs with uh, water, and you can trash your lungs that way. But you know that. Two minutes. You was only underwater two minutes. But why would he edit out the actual incident of the video that he posted? Well, he may not. It may be just a video that they were able to, you know, somebody videotaped him going in and another person videotaped him with the CPR going on. You know, people might have come from different angles on, on what was going on. Okay. Did so, you hear the one so case? So we don't know what happened. So right, exactly. You don't know what happened. Did you hear the, the kid that was, uh, like, in one of those lazy rivers, he, him and his buddy? And according to this, something fell <laughs> off of his goggles so he reached down and it had fallen through a grate he lifted the grate to grab it and his leg was sucked into the oh sure the hole so um, he was underwater for 10 minutes and it's still okay he survived not that i'm putting boy, this might other not guy be down okay no what's interesting no he is he's fine he's fully recovered and back in school uh what was really interesting was a family friend saw this he dove in and he would take mouthfuls of air and go down and breathe into this kid's mouth to keep him alive until they were able to, then all the cops jumped in the water and they were finally able to dislodge his leg. But it was this guy breathing for that kid. Okay. I would have never even thought of that, Ralph. That's a genius move. That's like something straight out of James Bond. Yeah, James. That's a that's a James Bond or MacGyver. Although yeah. that's a little dated. Right. Yeah. Sorry, that dated. <laughs> that's that's Bondian. That's a, that's yeah. That's a dated. Blowing record. the fresh air into the lungs to keep him alive. That's, that's yeah, pretty amazing. That's a septuagenarian kind of ten. Comment. ten. <laughs> you should be ashamed. <laughs> MacGyver. No, MacGyver's back on TV now. Oh, oh. it is? There's the yeah, reboot of MacGyver. Man, what? That is... It's on its like third or fourth season. Well, they brought back Lost in Space, speaking of old. Yes, and actually that, that has been pretty good. I watched the first episode and I enjoyed it. They're not going for the camp. They're going for the uh, yeah. oh, total oh, sci-fi okay. thing. Okay. Well, and it's pretty decent. And it's on Sci-Fi Channel? No, it's on uh, Netflix. 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 Okay, yeah, I've yeah. seen it. I wanted on. to check it out and see it. It was The first episode was really good. I haven't gotten past that. My wife and I are working our way through Dexter right now. Oh, Dexter. Not. Did you, uh, did you ever watch it? No, what's the other? What's Archer? I, no, when someone says Archer. Dexter, I think Archer. No, Dexter is the serial killer with <laughs> the conscience. He's, he only kills bad guys. Have you ever seen that show? No. Oh, I God, it's that. brilliant. Oh, it's an amazing like, show. I got to like season three and it just ended up getting really derivative and i was like Bleh. how dare you andy it, it ended up being uh step outside ralph kick his ass for me <laughs> it was picking on my it, well, how far what's the most like recent big deal thing that happened when you were watching uh let's see well we made it through the john lithgow episodes which were phenomenal i think you missed that if you didn't get into the i no, think that's I fourth him. season that I, was a great the trinity I killer I, I don't know how far i watched yeah i saw that right i, I, I quit not long after that, though. And then uh, the fifth season was the um, uh, the motivational speaker. Yeah, I don't think I watched that. Yeah, that's it's pretty good. I like it. It's it's unique. I like the perspectives and the the personalities and his interior monologue is great. Just for watching him so, try to adjust. So so does he kill a person every episode? Not every episode. Sometimes he kills two people. So it just kind of depends. He's mm-hmm. got uh, he, he was born of blood. His mother was butchered in front of him. And he was left in a puddle of blood. So the cop that was uh, working the case adopted him and realized that this kid was, was hell-bent to become a serial killer. So he teaches him a code. So then the kid becomes a blood spatter analyst for the Miami-Dade Police Department. Oh, and, right, right. And then right. he starts using his connections to track down killers mm-hmm. that get away with it or are probably going to have enough money to get out of it. And then he just picks them off 
and uh, it's it's a pretty interesting, clever show. It's different than what's on right now, and that's what I have enjoyed about it. So I, I watched it when it first came out and was revisiting it now with the wife, but we've really enjoyed it, and we're just starting into season six right now. The There's TV's, only eight seasons. TV's not in a great place right now. <laughs> no, and, and, but I don't know. Where, I, I, do you guys binge? Do you sit there and you'll watch an entire, like, 12-episode series like Kristen was talking about all in one shot? Well, usually I'm doing something else when I'm doing it. I don't just sit there and watch TV. I'll have the TV on while I'm doing something else. That's See, what that may be why you didn't enjoy Dexter then. It's kind of the nuances Wait, of the so, show you got to pay attention to. So, you, so you, you, would you do, do you game? Yeah, or like you know, if I'm cleaning my house or something like that. Okay, or trying to uh, keep Hobbs from uh, tearing things apart. Yep. <laughs> and basically, yeah, I, I'm always doing two things at once. I can't do that. I can't pay attention to that. Oh, I, I listen to podcasts when I garden. Well, right, but that's two things at once. Right, but it's not gardening. Is kind of a mindless. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, any moron could do that. I can. I can. Oh, oh, yeah. oh so I can hardly breathe. Bill like with a bunch of dirt on his overalls can go out and do that. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's what you end up with. You, you feel look just like a hillbilly. Tell me, you do it with just should, one one no T-shirt on underneath. You just got the the bib overalls um, and one shoulder off. Worst look in the universe. <laughs> Your honey brings you got the the one one cuff is rolled up on your pants. She brings out the lemonade for you while you're working in the back twelve. Beer, beer, oh, beer. Oh, beer. Oh, of course, beer. Fancy. Look at you. That's, a, that's for after the after you get done uh, tilling the field. Then you get into a fist fight. And, and then you get With blood, your brother-in-law. Yeah, you, you get into a fist fight and you get and you get blood all over, you know, blood all over the front of your uh, overalls. overalls. Yeah. Yep. So. Sounds like you've been there before, Ralph. Okay, well, I, I, I watch the shows. I watch the shows. All right, uh, let's see here. A game of hide-and-seek among children took a deadly turn in East Houston, and now an autopsy begins to explain why. Fernando Hernandez Jr., age 10, was found unresponsive in a clothes dryer on Friday night. ABC 13 reports the cause of death was electrocution per the Harris County Medical Examiner's Office. Authorities provided no additional details, and the Washington Post notes that it searched online for similar stories and general warnings about dryers and didn't find news on something like this happening previously. KHOU's video report indicates the incident happened in the large laundry room available to his apartment building's tenants. Mom Cristina Rodriguez says her nine-year-old alerted her to her son's condition. And my boyfriend picked me up and brought him into the house. He was purple and his eyes were open, but he was gone. Fernando later died at a hospital. A detective with the Houston Police Department confirms to the Chronicle that juveniles were playing hide-and-seek and juveniles were the one who found him unresponsive. Hmm. Sounds like it uh, wasn't properly grounded. That can happen. Right, but if it wasn't on, how do you get electrocuted? Yeah. Even if it's not on, I mean, the it's still plugged in, so if something's faulty, you know, if there's a connection that shouldn't be maybe there. Maybe sweating in there. And, <laughs> no, yep. I mean, like, some something internal. I mean, like, maybe yep. water got inside the circuitry, and that caused a, you know, connection. Yeah, it, 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 yeah it's probably a, a ground. But then, but then if it's not grounded, they, they aren't, well... It should be on GFR circuits. I mean, there's a, there's a thousand things, but if none of that stuff was done, you know, it's, a, it's some sort of, and, and the commercial ones are high voltage, the 220 volt. So, and a kid doesn't take much to stop. Well, if it's 60 cycles, it doesn't take much to stop their heart. Yeah. It, gets in the, it goes across their heart, stop their heart, and that's that. Okay. Yeah, it's, if, it, if the electricity yeah. actually goes across your heart, then it, it only takes, a, you know, in an instant to make your heart stop beating. Yep. So, you know. And, and, it, and in the 60 cycles is close to what your heartbeat can be. And that's the dangerous part of it. So it was a thousand cycles. The chance, the chance of electrocution is less. 
but it isn't 60 cycle. That's why I make sure to keep my heartbeat at a healthy 120. <laughs> you never want to match it up? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> match, match the cycles for your electricity. But that, yeah, that, that's the only explanation because getting, just getting inside there, what, unless, uh, unless it gets static electricity, that's not going to kill you because it's such a, it's such a low amperage. And yeah, that's I mean, what like, it was. Or suffocate it. But. After the, uh, we had a dishwasher in our Florida house a couple of years ago and it broke. And somehow the ground just, you know, stopped working correctly. And if you touched the case, then you'd get a pretty bad shock. So that can happen. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure, it can. And, and so technically, if I if you touched it with both hands, it could cross, you know, from one hand to the other through your heart, and there you go. Or you touch it with one hand and touch the ground to the exactly. other. Boom. In, 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 a, in a nine-year-old, it doesn't take much. So Yeah, that's why you got to uh, fix your high-voltage appliances when they break. <laughs> fix? Yeah, high-voltage, not good. So the, the, is, that, is, that, is that the uh, takeaway message? Yes. Fix your high-voltage appliances. Well, you'd be surprised how many people just like you know well you know it shocks me but it still works so i'll just keep on using it i know i oh yeah cords too man you know i have to constantly yell at my kids they plug their phone in and then lay their phone on their bed while they're sleeping charging just sets on fire yeah oh man those fires have been brutal have you seen how fast that goes when that electric spark hits the blankets and stuff are not prepared for that man well it depends on the blanket if it's a cotton blanket doesn't burn as quickly as a a polyester the polyester kind of synthetic fabrics those are the ones that go up like a torch once they're lit yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know if i'd want a blanket that's well i mean i never i i keep my phone when it's charging you know on a table because of that very thing Here's a horrifying find made behind the wall of a mall bathroom. Police in Calgary are investigating a horrifying find made when a mall maintenance worker tried to fix a toilet in a woman's bathroom that wouldn't flush. If you were to look at the toilet, there's a panel behind it so that when people move, it would automatically flush, says police spokeswoman Emma Poole. When they removed the panel, they found a deceased person behind that wall. Police say the body is that of an adult male, though no identity or cause of death has been determined, the CBC reports. The grisly find was made Monday morning at the Core Shopping Center, the main shopping complex in Alberta's city's downtown area. Well, that's Jimmy. Jimmy Hoffa. That's Jimmy Hoffa. That's Jimmy. Investigators (laughs) do not suspect foul play at this point, and the death has been classified as undetermined, police said in a statement Monday. So what, they expect he crawled in there and just died? Well, you know, there's a lot of these people that have hidden out in malls at closing time to have a place to sleep. And they'll find these these ways in. Uh, It isn't clear clear how long the body was in the wall. The bathroom is located near the food court on the fourth floor of the fourth-story mall. The police believe it is possible that the man became stuck in the wall after he fell while crawling through a vent or air duct, the Calgary Herald reports. That would be the most logical at this point that it was from above, Poole says. Uh, so that is obviously something they would be looking at is if someone was crawling through the ventilation do they system. Do, gen- do they do genetic testing to see it, make sure it wasn't Jimmy Hoffa? I don't think so. You know, <laughs> that's where they put him. They put him in. They put him you know, in. Hoffa went in the head. I yeah, think they, Jimmy would probably be a skeleton at this point. So how long how, how, how long has this, this corpse been? They don't there? know for sure. They're still checking it all out. Oh, they're not. They, they, yeah, they're not quite sure. Could you? Uh, they haven't gone they haven't by gone. the food court. That smell had to be brutal. Yeah, really. No well, one smelled well, that. 
Well, it's coming from the bathroom. Somebody's probably saying, I Whoosh. guess that's true. You're always making the excuse of, oh, who's <laughs> well, in there? So, so I mean, what, say, what, say, what, was, what kind of food were they cooking? What, right. was, what, you know, what restaurant was it? What kind of ethnicity was it? You know, oh. you know, some, some people might say, <laughs> say that that food, oh, that food smells pretty rough. I'm not, not used to that. So, Oh, what takes the food court? Oh, brutal. Well, this has been fun ways to die on the Tom Bernard Show. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, good God. Stuck what a bunch of just twisted, Ugh. weird stories. Uh, all right, we've got a lot more to cover. We've got more news stories we'll talk about in the next segment. Plus, we've got a visit. How is it? Is it Maya Durr? Do we know? Is that is that her name? Uh, Yes, it does look like Maya to me. Yeah, promoting her book, Work That Matters. We'll discuss that. And, uh, oof, good grief, just a bunch of weird stories. I have people texting me and emailing me right now saying that after the death by scabies all of them are sitting at their desks at work just itching <laughs> profusely and unable to uh, complete. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Go wash your hands. This is take a shower. Tom Bernard Show. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer and get Walzer Care for free. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? The well, latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say... Why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state. So we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean, Bryant. I already used it on him this week, by the way. <laughs> it was a cold September morning when Francis, Sir Francis Tarkenton. Uh, our special guest, ladies and gentlemen, Hall of Fame quarterback, Fran Tarkenton. Good afternoon, Tom. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I had I, I love the fact that you remembered being at Size Menswear on West Broadway. <laughs> that was phenomenal. That, that you know, to, to me as a child, you were the first celebrity I ever met. How about that? It was how about that's that pretty, actually? That's pretty flattering. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's true. I was like, oh well, really? So this this football? I know there's a. Yeah, because what people need to understand is uh, the Golden Gopher football team in that era was, uh, they were national champions. Yeah, they were great. 
They were phenomenal. So all of a sudden, here comes a professional football team. So I'm thinking as an, uh, an eight, nine-year-old kid, well, this is, uh, this is Valhalla for football. Our, our college team's already phenomenal. Now we've got a professional football team. This is like football heaven. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the Duluth Eskimos, though. Apparently, the, the first NFL team in Minnesota That's was right. the Duluth well, I'll Eskimos. Tell you, Tom, it's, it's uh, part of my DNA to be able to remember so well. I was at the very first team meeting we had at North American Life and Casualty uh, Insurance Company on, on Hennepin Avenue at their headquarters because one of our owners was H.P. Scoglin, the founder and owner, a Minnesota right. guy himself. Then we drove all the way up to Bemidji, Minnesota for our first training camp and, and at Bemidji State College there in 1961 uh, and put on the uniform for the, you know, we were the first ones. We were the, we, we were the, the start of it all. And then we went out and played our first game against the Bears and beat them in 1961. Uh, it, I, I am thrilled to be able to be part of that legacy and part of that foundation and it, it has enriched my life. And most people I see, you know, they say, well, you live in Minnesota, don't you? I said, no, I live in Atlanta, but <laughs> they drafted me. I'm a Georgia boy. They drafted But my, you know, I, my roots are so heavily buried right there in, 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 in Minnesota in, in my uh, pro football days and, and, and great experiences. My first child was born there. Uh, it, it's just a special place, and I'm looking forward to being back this weekend. At, uh, you know, it's alumni weekend, but Mick Tinglehoff is being honored again for his going right. to the Hall of Fame, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to being there for that and and re you know rekindling all of my great memories of being a Minnesota Viking. It is wonderful, I tell you. I, I, you're from Athens, Georgia, originally, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, and, I, and and then I live in Atlanta now. Atlanta's been my home. I I got come here in the off seasons. And and I worked, you know, I worked up there in the off season for Wilson Truck System. Then I came down here and worked for the Coca-Cola Club. I, you know, I worked in the off season because we didn't make any money playing football. Right. That's and my a- first salary was twelve thousand five hundred dollars, and so I enjoyed the work and still enjoy the work, and I'm still working, and and I love I love what I do, and and uh, and, uh, and now I'm an, a, a great fan of the Vikings and the NFL. Now, Sean Patton just walked in. He's at Acme Comedy Club uh, this weekend. Now, Sean, I'm assuming if you're a football fan, you got to be a Saints fan. Uh, yes, absolutely. I knew it. <laughs> well, you know, it's the greatness of, uh, of sport. We, have, we all have our favorite teams. And what's interesting about all the teams, I was just in New York this week uh, promoting the book, and, and I played in New York for five years, and I love, love New York. And, and, uh, uh, but, but in New York, you've got every fan, Saints, Vikings, Bears, <laughs> Cowboys, <laughs> You got fans in, uh, of all the teams in New York, Fran. I got to tell you, it's it, it, two things. The first thing I will say is, it, it was my, I adore my wife. My wife is far too good for me, and she was so kind that she set up this interview, and she was all excited because she knows I'm a huge fan of yours. But Sean Patton, who just walked in, he said, first thing he says is, "Is that really Fran Tarkenton?" <laughs> the Fran Tarkenton. Well, you know, uh, in in New York, there is a. Uh, it's a bar called Bar None. It's a Saints Vikings bar. Really? What? Yes. Really? Yeah. And every week there is Saints and Vikings there. They're together sharing. There's like, you know ten screens sharing the screens, 
uh, rooting for each other's yeah. team, you know, when not rooting for their own. When they play, when the Saint, on the rare occasion that the Saints and the Vikings do play each other, then it's just bedlam. You mean like in the NFC Championship game, Sean? <laughs> yeah, for example. <laughs> for example. But uh, there was this one gentleman who was just a standard New York, like, thick New York accent. Like, I can't... But, Vikings all all day. Huge Vikings fan. Really, uh, but all day. I can't believe they put this bum out there. But so New York. <laughs> and one day we were like, "Why are you a Vikings fan?" And I and I swear to you, he goes because I love cheese and I love Fred Tarkington. <laughs> that was one hundred percent. I love cheese and I love Fred Tarkington. That is the uniqueness of New York. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's just a mix of people from all over the world. I was there all week, and the Pope came in yesterday afternoon, and. I mean, the, the whole city is locked up. It's oh, yeah. Locked up because he's there. But it's a great thing that the Pope would come and to America. and it's a, great, it's a great thing for the Catholic Church, a great thing for the Pope. It's a great thing for all the people in America. And so New York is, uh, is, is, is receiving him warmly and well, as they should. And, and I think he goes on to Philadelphia maybe tomorrow. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great happening in New York right now. Fran has a, a brand-new book out. One thing I want to say as we begin to talk about the book uh, – Cumulus Broadcasting, the, the company that I work for, is based in Buckhead, yep, in Atlanta, and mm-hmm. I get and Sean. I don't know if you've ever been to a Bones and Buckhead. You ever heard of a restaurant Bones? I have a, numerous times been to yeah. Bones and Buckhead. I, you sit there <laughs> now as a Minnesotan, and they're very touchy up here about all this stuff. Yeah. You sit at Bones, and there are people smoking cigarettes yep. and cigars yep. and having. It's the greatest steakhouse <laughs> in America. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's almost like they'll let you cook your steak or slaughter your steak yourself. (laughs) Go take a cut, whatever you want. The offices are right next door, and and Lou Dickey and the Dickey brothers were all great friends of mine. And and I do weekly a lot of cumulus stations all across the country. Right. And uh, they're they're, they're great people. They've done a great job, and and, uh, he's he's a a good guy. You want to know, this is, okay, we're going to get to the book, but i got 60 seconds to show you what a dope I can be. So three years ago, uh, Cumulus buys KQRS, a station that I've worked for for 30 years now, doing yeah. the morning show. And this man comes up to me and goes, hey, Tom, how you doing? I said, how are you? He goes, you remember me? I said, no, I don't, actually. Sorry, I, I don't remember you. He goes, uh, you and I played golf together about 15 years ago uh, over at Oak Ridge Golf Course. Had a great time. Uh, it was wonderful, but I, I, I was – I kind of thought you'd remember me. I said, well, I'm, I'm really sorry, but I don't remember you. What's your name? He goes, I'm Lou Dickey, the chairman of the board of Cumulus. <laughs> like, whoops. Well, you know. My name's been on the checks. My <laughs> name's been on the checks. <laughs> it's just, honestly, God, Fran, it was like, oh, God. We've all, we've all been there. I tell you what, though, I love your city. Atlanta is one of the great yeah. cities in yeah. America. Yeah. It, it really is. is. It's a great. It is. We got. Uh, you know. It, it really. We have long. We have long falls and long springs, and and that's a good thing. There's no doubt about it. Now, Sean is yes. not going to believe believe what your book is about. Sean Patton, our guest here, he's at Acme tonight and tomorrow night. As a matter of fact, nice enough to come and do the show. But Sean, uh, friend's book is about failure. Oh. <laughs> Oh, do you know anything about that? I've, I was, <laughs> we were all coming, well, I came in. I came in uh, just now. Did, did I, you said you had to uh, work a day job while playing football? Well, back no, then. what I did, I uh, uh, I worked in the off season. I made twelve thousand five hundred dollars in the when I played football. I went out and that is mind blowing. I made speeches for twenty five dollars a night. Anybody want me to speak in the off season? I worked for Wilson Truck System, six hundred dollars a month. 
knocked on the doors of shipping clerks in the Dakotas to get them to ship from Dakotas to Minnesota. That's what we did. But, you know, the whole notion of the book of, of failure. Yeah. In my life of 75 years, I've, you know, I've played for great coaches and had great sure. teammates, and I've been in business, and I've been on boards of directors of great companies, and Sam Walton is one of my all-time greats and was founder of Walmart. Yeah. Bernie Marcus, the founder of, uh, of, of, of Home Depot, and I partnered with IBM and many companies. Everybody I've ever known has also said to me that what I also believe. They never learn anything from winning. You learn no. from losing. And none of us have original thoughts. We only learn, learn from what we see, what we hear, what we read. And if you're not – people that get things done – they're trying and doing, and they get knocked down, and they get up, and they keep going, they keep persevering, they're getting smarter every day. You fail much more than you win, sure. you succeed, and you and you embrace the failure. All these guys, out there, they embrace the failure. They don't blame anybody else, and they learn from the failure. And and in this generation that we're in now, with technology and the speed, you just got to go out and you got to do things. And do things, and you got to fail faster on the failure, and that is that is the only way that you can go and have success in whatever you're doing. And sure. and and the book just came to me. The last they've been asking me to write another book for the last two years, and I said, you know, I, I told them about eight months ago. I said, you know, I got it. I got the book. It's in my it's in my DNA. I don't know why I haven't done this before. So I wrote the book, and it's about my experiences in life and my experiences in, and other people's experiences in, in business. And I give you Thomas Edison. You know, I've I, I, I read his biography, and, and someone asked Thomas Edison, who invented the light bubble, yep. of course, and he said, uh, Mr. Edison, how many failures did you go through before you got the light bulb to work? Thousands, he said. At least 10,000. Didn't you get discouraged? He said, no, I knew I was one step closer. Yeah. And 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 you know people think it's easy to be successful. That it's just it must be a secret potion because all the motivational speakers say, oh it's easy. Here are the here are the five rules that you can go down and you can be successful. Have a positive attitude and uh, and, and everything will be just all right. That's not that's not true. You've got you you've got to go and you got to do things and do and here's and here's a couple of, of, of things that I I do believe. The the mission of a quarterback. You say, well, the mission of quarterbacks to win games and to throw touchdown pass. Mission of a quarterback number one is to help his teammates, uh, to treat all of his teammates uh, with with love and affection, and, and and the lowest guy to the top guy, you 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 treat them the same way. The mission of business, people say, well, the mission of business is to make money. No, that's a byproduct. The mission of business is to help people, to solve problems. That that'll make you transparent. You build relationships, and people do build business with people that they trust. And if you do that. Then, if that's your mission to help people, the byproduct is you've got a sustainable business. If your mission is to be rich quick, or be rich and just make money, you'll compromise your principles. Right. And these yeah. are pretty basic things that I have experienced and learned. And I've been knocked down. I lost three Super Bowls. I wasn't drafted to the third round. I wasn't drafted in the first round coming out of Georgia, which means they didn't think I was big enough, strong enough, good enough to play, and all those things. But but I learned from them, mm-hmm. and I went out to get – and I learned from other people. I learned to play quarterback from talking to, uh, to, to, to all pro quarterbacks and Hall of Fame quarterbacks and watching films of other players. That's how I learned to play. That's how we all learn from. We learn from other people. Yeah, there's no question yeah, about yeah. that. I, 
Fran, last time we talked, I talked about the fact that I admitted on the air I lost a golf tournament because I didn't play up to my ability. It was my failure, the reason my partner and I lost the tournament. And I talked about it on the air for the very reasons you wrote that you wrote this book. But I, you know the Hubbard family. Yes, I do. I started my career as an 18-year-old kid over at KSTP Radio. Yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, Vikings were on KSTP Radio yeah, at that time, as a matter of fact. So... Immediate success. The ratings were phenomenal. I was just killing it. And for, for three years, I did nothing but win, win, win. And uh, I decided I was, I was much bigger than just staying there. So I, I, had, I went over to another station, and I got clobbered. Yep. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. It yeah, was. No. Mm-hmm. You know, we all get to the point at it's, it's, it's multiple times in our life, where we think we got the answer, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. I got, absolutely. It, out. I got it, and every time that I've said I've got it figured out, and there've been a lot of those times, I get punched right in the mouth. I I get knocked down, and all of a sudden the train hit me, and I said, "Whoa, what happened?" Well, what happened is, I I didn't have quite the urgency that I should have had. Yep. I didn't plan and the modesty that I should have had, and and boy, each one has taught me a lesson after lesson after lesson. And here I am, 75 years old. I'm learning at a faster rate today than ever before because I really understand how you've got to get from point A to point B. You've got to work. You've got to work at it. You've got to, you, 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 you've got to experience things. You've got to try things. And I, I've had companies I've built, and, and I'll, I'll spend two, three, four years trying to find markets for our products and, 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 and marketing strategies and plans, and, and, and nothing works. But we keep trying. Finally, something happens. So something only happens if you're working at it and, 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 and doing it every day. And, and you're passionate about it. And the passion's got to be helping other people. If the passion is all self-serving yourself, have no chance. You know what? Go ahead, John. Oh, no, I'm just, I'm just I'm agreeing with Fran Turkington, yeah. uh, which is cool. Legendary <laughs> quarterback that my dad's going to freak out that I have the, uh, that I can address. Oh, speaking directly. of my, my father, yeah. really stopped watching football after you left the Vikings. Well, he was like, it's, like <laughs> it's not any good anymore. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> it's true. Hey, Dad, what did you do today? Oh, I, no, really? I discussed things with Fran Tarkington. <laughs> What's your father's name, John? Tim. Tim Patton. Would you say hello to Tim Patton, Fran? That's... Hello, Tim Patton. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's a sound bite. <laughs> now, let's go back. So you graduate from, from Georgia. You're, yeah. The first round, you're not picked. Second round, you're not picked. At that no. point, do you think you're going to be playing in three Super Bowls, host your own very successful network TV show, host yeah. Saturday Night Live, write about 1,000 books, and become a very successful businessman? Yeah. There was no doubt. <laughs> that one, that one moment. I never, I never doubted, and uh, and I, I'm, I'm, uh, and I was, I was blessed and blessed and blessed. I look back now, you know, I went to training camp, third round draft choice. They drafted five quarterbacks before me. We have six quarterbacks. One veteran quarterback, George Shaw, that they, they traded the number one draft choice for in the future. And I never, you know, I told people that I never once thought anything. I was going to make it, and I was going to be a star. If they had cut me, which they very well could have, right? If they had cut me, I don't know what I'd done. I had no, I had no other plan, and I, and, I, and I had no fallback. And you know what? It's another good lesson. I don't want to fall back. No, you're right. Uh, you know, I, I, I went up 100 percent. Going to be a quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, 
And if I hadn't, you know, and, and, and because I didn't have a fall, I think I had a little more drive, a little more sense of desperation. But I never even thought about not making it, and and it it worked out. And uh, but boy, did I, you know, I, I learned the power of failure. I know you only have about one more minute with us, but I, I have to tell you two things uh, about you as a human being that I, I was so impressed with. The first one's sad, and the second one's happy. The day that your father died, you yeah. handled that incredibly well. You were so classy, and I'll never forget that day, Fran. Worst day of my life. We yeah. had our best team. We're playing the Cowboys. We got a beat. Got old Roger beat. That yeah. last seconds, he throws a, the first Hail Mary pass. He did push off, push, push off on Nate. <laughs> Drew Pearson pushed off on Nate Wright. Yep. It should have been called. It wasn't. We lose. I come in to the uh, locker room clean up and go out to a Winnebago with Mick Tinglehoff and Phyllis and Grady Alderman and Nancy, his wife, and we go out there to look at the second game, and Jack Buck, the great Jack Buck, whose son's now announcer, and, and, and Jack announced the death of my father. Yeah, I remember that. First time I heard that was some day. Yeah, I would, you handled it so incredibly well, and, and again, as a Viking fan and, and, and watching that on television, and then seeing you for the very next time and how well you handle that. And the other time is when you teared up at the Hall of Fame for yeah. Mick Tinglehoff was very cool. Well, you know, I, I get emotional. I'm a, I'm, I've, I've, got, I've always had emotion. And I, I love Mick Tinglehoff as I love all my teammates. And uh, for him to get in that Hall of Fame was, was meaningful to me. He had to wait 37 years and... And I, I, I knew I was going to have a problem holding my emotions. And boy, the crowd and the rest of the Hall of Famers picked me up. Sunday uh, uh, at halftime, I'm going to uh, present Mick again, and I'm going to. They wanted me to talk two or three minutes, and I pray for me because I don't want to break up again. <laughs> I want to be able to get through this, and hopefully, I can without without breaking up. But. Uh, uh, I, uh, I I I I'm an emotional person, and I love my emotion, and right. I I played I played with that emotion, and I loved every second I played. I love the fans of Minnesota. I love my teammates, and all the coaches, especially Burnsy and and, and Bud Grant. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm so tickled to come back. Uh, I'm I'm flying up tomorrow morning, and I'm going to spend a Saturday and Sunday up there, and and uh, I'm looking forward to getting back. I don't get back a whole lot. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to, to uh, getting with everybody in the next couple of days. There might be a kid there named Sean Patton at yep. the Mall of America <laughs> tomorrow, September 26th. Yep. He has a book signing. Fran has a book signing oh, okay. tomorrow at the Mall of America. We have one there, then we have one at the one to three at the at the Costco and Eden Prairie. And Costco and Eden Prairie. And then we're going to have. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sign books right after the game. Uh, they got a tent set up. Uh, after the uh, after the Charger Viking game, it is very very cool. And I tell you what, for for a, a guy like you to call into the show, and uh, and when I walked in, my wife was all excited. We got a surprise guest for you, Tom. Oh, no, I thought really... I snuck you in. <laughs> he guessed well, it. It's been, it's been my pleasure to be with you guys. Thank you for having me, and and uh, God bless to all of you. Thank you, Fran. Thank you, all Fran. Right. See you. Bye bye. Bye. Sir Francis Tarkin, <clears throat> as Howard Cosell called him on Monday Night Football every time. What a class act. Uh, pretty interesting guy, do you think, John? <laughs> we just talked to Fred Tarkington. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why. Cool. What was funny was when, uh, when, I, when I was being let in here, um, 
I'm so, Mike. 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 Yeah. Mike was like, he's just getting off the phone with Fran Tarkington. And I'm thinking it's like, oh, it's some character. Right. Some comedian. Like, well, the, oh, no, I can't, I can't stay too long. I got to scramble around. <laughs> I can't stay too long on the call. I'm scrambling <laughs> around. <laughs> and then I'm listening to that, and I'm like, wow, this guy's doing a real serious impression. Yeah, yeah, very <laughs> Talking good. about, oh, this is really Fran. <laughs> What's amazing about wow. Fran is, uh, is I talked to him a couple of days ago. And um, when I was nine years old, yeah. when the Vikings first you know, started up in the state of Minnesota, I saw this sign walking out. I grew up right over here, not too far. Okay. And there was a menswear store called Size Menswear on West Broadway. And I'm walking down West Broadway, and I see the sign that says, NFL quarterback Fran Tarkenton. I'd never heard of the NFL or a quarterback. Yeah, I knew about the Packers. I did know about the Packers. But... Uh, I said, Fran, I, I walked into that store as a nine-year-old boy, and I got your autograph. You were the first celebrity I ever met. Wow. He said, I remember that day very well, Tom, and I got to tell you, they paid me $10 for that appearance. <laughs> Ten bucks he made for the appearance. Nice. Well, the fact that uh, the fact that he he had to substitute, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. after, uh, what, the NFL season, what, four seasons? And I think back then they played 18 games, right? Wasn't there? Or am I wrong? Oh, the NFL? Yeah. Or played, maybe they, they played 14, 14, well, okay. well, 18 total when you count the 14 regular right, season yeah. and four preseason. Mm-hmm. But still, yeah. the fact that, like, well, boys, that was a fun season of physical abuse because back then, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, oh, rules yeah. were different yeah, back leather then. Leather helmets. Yes. Right, right, right. Well, you could clothesline guys back then. Yeah, yeah. Especially quarterback. You could, yeah. you could get hit from the back. You could, <laughs> Absolutely. And he's like, oh, now I'm going to go drive some trucks and haul some wood to make, <laughs> yeah, to make, make enough up. money to live. <laughs> make my money. Whereas right now, he must, it must be sad to even bring up like second string punters make you know $340,000 a year. Absolutely. Or whatever it is, the league minimum. Well, so, I wonder actually. So he was playing back in like 70. 60s we'll say, and 70s. We'll say 1970. Yeah. Yeah, I want to see how much he made. That's right in the middle inflation. of his career. Nineteen seventy, be right in the middle of his career. He'd yeah. be a giant by nineteen seventy. Twenty-five thousand. Yeah, he, he said for the season. I think so. I think that's what he, I said. Think that's what he said. What did he say? Twenty-five thousand. No, I thought he said twelve thousand five hundred. <gasps> oh yeah, oh. he did. You know what? He said twelve thousand five hundred. Five hundred. His first year. So adjusted for inflation, that would be seventy-five thousand. So. Okay. Right now, uh, a minimum for a rookie is 430. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. That's a little a, different. Yeah. 75, I mean, that's what I'm Factoring making. This in decent it's, it's a yeah. decent living, but then, sure. yeah, compared to today, where the shittiest player in the world gets yeah, yeah. four to- five, six times that. There aren't 75. any players like him anymore. No. Not that, like Fran. Well, we've been, all... to the, we've been to the Super Bowl four times, and... He led three of them. What was the other time? Joe Cap. No, it's just interesting. He since he left, it's been forty years and no Super Bowl. I know Super Bowl appearances. What what he was talking about. I mean, bringing the team together like that. Yeah. I mean, you just don't have players that are in it for anybody else other than themselves. They don't give a shit about. Well, that's why they make so much money is because they demanded more and more. That I won't play unless you give me three hundred thousand dollars. And then you got guys like Vince Young who signed a deal for forty million dollars and are flat broke, just and, yep. and are out of the league now. And they're right? out of the league, right. yeah, absolutely. Just that almost it almost uh, shows you that if you're if you're too recruited in college, if you're too yeah, mm-hmm. there's too much hype. I mean, the Saints twice had the Reggie Bush fee, uh, yeah, uh, but yep. before that, the Ricky Williams. Oh God, Ricky Williams. Where he gave Ditka up all gave up the whole 
draft. The like, whole draft. Oh. And he ended up smoking pot in Africa. <laughs> yeah. That's what he ended up doing. He at, yeah. at did you even grow So weed failure in did not oh, yeah. teach him a lot. He lesson. did not, no. <laughs> did that is an him. interesting book I want to read because, you know, if, I mean, technically, if you think about it, every time you walk, you're failing because you're not getting to the place you want to go in one step. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you keep taping more and more steps. All right, we got there. But it took me 75 failures yeah. to get to the kitchen. I don't know if uh, listeners heard that exchange while Catherine. Oh, this, by the way, is my wife, Catherine. Hi. Catherine, love Our son, meet. Andy, down nice there. Andy was here last time I was here. Yep. And, and mm-hmm. I'm Mike as well. Here. And Mike as well, yeah. There, yeah. Didn't you, wasn't there also your daughter and yeah. maybe a boyfriend of hers? And now she's husband. now married to him. Yeah, married, yeah I felt like there was a... She's sick today. Yeah, she's sick yeah. today, so she couldn't make it in. But I, while we were talking, while you guys were talking back and forth about that, there was a conversation at the other end of the table between Andy and Mike. And Andy said, can you even grow pot in Africa? And Mike goes, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it just seems like... It's a large think, continent. True. When I think Africa, I tend to think like dusty and hot and well, dry. Well, they have a bit, huge tobacco Well, it's not good pot. I guess you can grow anything anywhere if you don't mind it being yeah, shitty. Yeah, if you've got, you got rain, you can grow stuff. Tom Bernard here, and with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common? Not only 30 years, but two generations. Our great client, Northland Fastening Systems. 30 years is definitely not common for a lot of bankers, but Brad has developed a relationship with that trusted customer that has allowed them to show steady growth every year they've been together. Building the relationship of trust is what we do best. It allows us to make quick deals that benefit them and all of our business customers. The cool thing is that it gives us a chance to be more than your banker, hopefully a partner, and maybe even a friend. I've never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are? <laughs> Real nice. Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> Chuck Knobloch. <laughs> Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. History repeats itself. Try and you succeed. Oh, God. Really? Is that a Rocky song? The Karate oh, Kid. Karate oh, Karate Kid. Kid. Oh, That's right. Wait, wait, do you know who that is? Who is singing that right now? No. That is Frank Stallone. Oh, that's right. Oh. Yeah, to the one and only. I thought that's... it was Chachi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, uh, the show's not on anymore, but it was for many, many years. But Frank Stallone on World's Dumbest was pretty damn funny. 
Well, like like him being the dumbest, or just well, the host? It, it, it's <laughs> true TV. It's like yeah. uh, video clips. The, yeah, it's oh. a clip show of they'll have the world's dumbest criminals is was a big one. Uh, world's dumbest, like you know, Donald's world's dumbest fit, yeah. nouns, and then they would play the clips, and then the people Frank was on there. Um, Danny Bonnet. Danny, Danny, yeah. Danny Bonaducci was, uh, was on there. Judy Gold was on the show. Yeah. Brian Callen. Wow. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people were on it. But yeah, and they Frank, would comment on the clips. And Frank's like part that. was always, the announcer would go, a couple of years ago in Russia, this happened. And there would be some stupid-ass thing. that right, And right. then Frank still would come on and just be on his end. That's typical. I'm telling you, it's typical. <laughs> Dumbass Russians. They're the dumbest people on earth. That's why America is the greatest country in the history of the world. Russians are all idiots. I mean, that was Frank's whole deal. And uh, eventually, so I was like, well, Frank, we're not even talking about Russians right now. <laughs> well, you know? He does seem to have a thing against that them. That was a porcupine and a squirrel fighting <laughs> over, a, over a donut. Oh, Dumbass Russians. Tom can binge watch that show for days on end. You know, end, you know why they like... make so many of those shows? Mm. Because they cost almost oh, nothing. Yeah, nothing. there's no yeah. And they make a... Load of money. Yeah. They do. They Judy Gold was like, I can whip through about 15 of those in an hour. Yeah, she literally yeah. said that she would just go into uh, a green screen room, you know, oh, yeah. ag- across the block. They'll taper and they'll send the tape. She doesn't even have to go into the studio or anything. She just gets what to say and she'll oh, yeah. send it in. And yeah, it's like it's a day's work. And there yeah, you go. I've, I've, I've done uh, like I did a lot of uh, VH1. Like talking head stuff, and yeah, you walk yeah. in. There's they've got about five green screen studios uh-huh. set up. You walk into one. You're like, what is this one again? And you just sit there, and they just talk <laughs> watermelon, you know. And and then you go, oh yeah, yeah, that was a crazy uh, Kid Rock moment. <laughs> yeah. And then, okay, thank you, five hundred bucks, cool, or whatever. Phenomenal. Yeah, and uh, yeah, they they just roll they them out. Them, and yeah. comedians, of course, you're gonna do it. It's two hours of your time. And you get to work out. You get to you get to exercise some demons. I suppose that's work probably out some true. material. You know, yeah. Well, you get some exposure. The problem, however, is they edit it. However, yeah. You uh, want. So yeah. There, actually, there was one time I was talking about. I was doing top forty videos of like two thousand eight, and it was a Kid Rock video. And I just, I did, the Kid Rock's dumb. And I was like sarcastically being like, I think Kid Rock's amazing, but the way they edited it was it looked. Like, I was being like, I think Kid Rock's amazing. Like, I just came You're across sincere. as the biggest <laughs> top Kid Rock fan. I have heard backstage he is not a pleasant guy. I've never met him. Probably not. Yeah, that's what I've heard. He's not that a guy. Guy, anyone who wears a lot of j- jackets without shirts underneath them. Yeah. yeah. I don't care how cold it is. Yeah, well, that's true. <clears throat> you want to take a call, Sean? Yeah, I'll take a call. All right, who we got, Andy? Carl. Carl, Sean, Sean, Carl. How Hi, you doing, Carl? Hello, I'm on a cellular phone, so I don't know how good it comes in. Well, it sounds great, it sounds actually. Good. Oh, well, I was on my way out, trying to get a book at the Mex- at the bookstore. Uh, the woman there is a Mexican lady. I said, say, I'm looking for Donald Trump's new book. And she said, fuck you, shut your mouth, and get out of here. I said, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's pretty good, Carl. Uh, but I didn't know if they had it in paperback. <laughs> so, large print, that's what I like to read. 
Uh, did you write what? Did you write that joke at the home? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking, I always got to start out good and then tell you something and then leave with a bang. So I had to come up with that one first. But the second thing I wanted to talk to you about was my buddy uh, Beaver Lick. Beaver Lick, sure, very subtle. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no idea where this is going. He's a wonderful guy, serious. He's getting inducted into the South St. Paul Hall of Fame today. Well, that's nice. And uh, you've had him on your morning show because his name is Richard Lick. You're right. That's right. His name, there you're actually is a Beaver Lick. That's, I forgot. <laughs> I was just thinking that. The guy's name is Dick Lick. And they, they, no, we won't call you Dick Lick. We'll call you Beaver Lick. Yeah. <laughs> so much better. And he's give for my God, he's getting inducted to the Hall of Fame now, which he should be anyways with a name like that. Everybody wants Beaver Lick in their Hall of Fame, I would think. <laughs> I would think so. Yeah. So, but he anyhow, he's a friend of mine and uh, listens to your show, and, and uh, we told him that we could make sure you give him a shout out. So absolutely, they call it. So is that today Beaverlick going into the South St. Paul Sports Hall of Fame? Or is it just the entire city's Hall of Fame? No, I think it's athletic. Yeah, uh, that's what I thought. Athletic. Richard Lick. a hockey player, and uh, he was a ref for many years with the Gophers. Mm-hmm. And uh, just a good, overall good guy. Works with cement. He loves to make the cement. Oh, really? Well, that's good. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that. Now, Beaver's got to be getting on in the years, isn't he? Oh, yeah. He's uh, younger than me, of course. but uh, Not by uh, much. He's <laughs> got to be almost 70, 78, 79, something like that. God, that's an amazing. That's, that's an, Well, say hello to Beaver Lick for me, will you? No, well, you just did because they're listening down at the garage. Oh, he works at South St. Paul. He didn't even take the day off. He said, "The hell with it. I'm going to make some money." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, me too. Well, thanks a lot for everything. I hope to come by and bring a slice of pizza and uh, sit down and visit with you guys in studio one time. I would That'd love to great. have you down here, Carl. Okay. Well, tell this comedian to. Uh, I won't be there to heckle him this week, but maybe the next time he comes back. <laughs> I look forward to it. I look forward to it there, Carl. Okay, well, toodaloo. Thanks a lot, Carl. <laughs> Carl Franklin, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I forgot there actually was a guy named Beaver Lick whose yeah, real name is Dick Lick. Crazy. That is too bad. Oh, that's... Why would his parents do that? To him? Yeah, that's a good I, question. Well, back then, Dick didn't meet; it didn't have that meaning. No. Yeah. It's like actually, it's a relatively recent thing. There's really? a Beaverlick, yeah. Kentucky. Yeah, I found a, that yeah. Beaverlick, well, Kentucky. Well, if there was yeah. one, it would be in Kentucky. Well, so. also, I don't. I mean, how long has a beaver been a euphemism for yeah. a vagina? That's well, that's true. I feel yeah. like that's <laughs> probably like seventies, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's probably about right. <laughs> That's probably about right. Oh, that's a, that's one that's got to come back. I was a da- yeah, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Beaver. <laughs> I loved this first joke though. I thought it was a damn good joke. Yeah, wrote that joke. one at the house. He did. Carl working the home, hard at you mean, eighty-five years old. Yeah, the home, not the house. The house. Eighty-five years old. And he tells jokes better than anybody on earth. Oh. Uh, this site says it's uh, it's a British slang from nineteen twenty-seven. Uh, it originated from that. In 1910, beaver meant a bearded man. Oh, it was a beaver? So, so I'm a beaver. 
Yes. <laughs> so you're a yeah, beaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Andy and you, you, yeah, are, you beaver. guys are beaver. We're beavers. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sure are. A couple of beavers. <laughs> hey, come on. No, no, it's, we are. We're beavers. <laughs> Look it up. 1910, man. Yeah. I got to ask you, you, you know, you're working all the time, so you probably haven't. Have you seen any of the new shows on television? I mean, yeah, I, I watch as much as I can. I binge watch, which I don't like. Really yeah, I don't do like it. binge watching either, but yeah. if you have to do it, because you got, you know. You got to stay. You have, to, yeah. Whatever's top. You have to do. Yeah. But this show, Scream Queens. Have you heard about this one? I've only seen the posters everywhere. I don't. Right. We we watched it. <laughs> it debuted a couple of nights ago. They got themselves in all kinds of trouble. First of all, we only lasted twenty two minutes. The writing um, is just horrendous. And I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Right, I, Jamie I, Lee Curtis. Yeah, she's wonderful. But they referred to their vaginas ten times in the first twenty minutes. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis's character is uh, Dean Munch, so they call her Box Munch because they think she's a lesbian. Isn't that hilarious uh, wow. and great rating? Yeah. Uh, a woman walks into a sorority house. She goes, look at all the gashes in here. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a woman scrubbing the floor on her hands and knees, and they refer to her as White Mammy. And make her say, I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. Isn't that just that funny? Is, uh, wait, what, what network is that on again? Fox. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Taking risks there, Poor Fox. Jeff huh? Apparently, they're getting their asses handed to them. Yeah. Not about any of the vagina gash or box comments. No, no. The white mammy comment. Remember when you canceled the rest of development all those years ago? Yeah. That, yeah it's, They've done that a lot, canceling shows and bringing, bringing them back. Them back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's that. it's 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 crazy now. I was talking to Lewis about this, the club owner. Um, like, I, you know, it seems like there was a time where if you if there was a TV show and you were on that TV show, mm-hmm. even if people didn't watch that TV show, they knew of the show. And oh, they, there's no know, doubt about that. And it meant something. And now it's just there are so many goddamn networks, yeah. oh, and they're popping they're up everywhere. Like they're about to start doing. Um, uh, uh, Place not PlayStation. Um, Xbox is now doing original programming. Yeah, that's their thing. They're getting it a TV Xboxes? for some reason. Yeah. The Xbox. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, it's Microsoft, so that's not really that surprising. Right. They've well, got the money. Extend a tendril into that realm, but yeah, it's, right. For some reason, Xbox, like when they were making the new console, the Xbox One. Yeah. A lot of the sell was like, you can watch sports. We got you know live sports on there. You can watch TV really right, easily. Right. It's like yeah. they're going more into like the whole entertainment console thing rather than just well, video games. <laughs> it's funny. Last night, Gene Gerard, we had dinner over, over at the east side. And Gene is 77 years old. And he goes, yeah, I got Roku. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's all over Roku and he loves it with the Netflix and all the rest. Who was it that was telling us about Mork and Mindy again? They're God, doing it again? Uh, no. Oh. God. Somebody was, t- was here and they Thank were talking God. about Rob Mork Schneider. Yeah, it was Rob Schneider, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Rob Schneider yeah. was here uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he said, do you know that Mork and Mindy, when it was on back in, I don't know, was oh, it the yeah, 70s? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Early 60 70s. million people yeah. watched it. Yeah. yeah. 60 yeah, it was like, million. Yeah, it was like the thing that was on. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. But Ta- nowadays, taxi, 40 million. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely. But nowadays, you've literally got hundreds of different networks even the best show in the world is going to be split among so many different networks. It's not going to get nearly as many well, viewers as it used to because there's just more options. Yeah, absolutely. Game of Thrones is the highest watched cable show ever. Like six and a half six million. Six and a half million. Yeah, yep. something. It's like, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Ten there's, times there's just that. too much stuff yeah. to do these days. Yeah. When I was a kid, 
if you were at home, you could watch TV or listen to music. That was like basically it. That was about and it. And I'm yeah. not that old. No, yeah, yeah. And now we're 28's pretty old. Well, <laughs> well when, I was a, when I was a kid, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yesterday, but yeah, it's it's the, well the 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 Emmy Award winner for the best comedy on television was Veep, and their the average Veep? Veep is a show on it was HBO. 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 Yeah. yeah, their average uh, viewership per week is eight hundred twenty thousand. Yeah, man, yeah. Wow. eight hundred twenty grand. Like, That's amazing. I can't wait till they just start rebooting shows while they're still on the air. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, so we're going to do the Veep reboot. It's still on for two more seasons. But we're going to do it anyway. Well, but they basically kind of just did that with The Walking Dead. Oh, by yeah. The yeah, first yeah. ever spinoff Fear while the, the walking show's dead? still on. Yeah, yeah. Fear of the Walking Dead. We actually dead. had uh, one of the guys, uh, I forget what his name was. Oh, they did with the, the Cleveland show also. They and did, yeah. That, oh, yeah, that yeah. totally yeah. crashed Well, America, uh, Family Guy was spun off to the Cleveland show, and they were on at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they've actually done that a few times. Well, the Jeffersons did it back yeah. with, uh, yeah, with back All in the Family. Cheers and Frasier, were they on at the same time? Uh, no. Uh, I don't think no. no. Frasier was after Wait, Cheers. the Jeffersons came from... Uh, came all? from All in the Family, yeah. Yep. George really? Jefferson was their neighbor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's the original Cleveland show spin off. Yes, yeah, 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 right. right. Exactly. Kind of true. Nothing Is that a new call? Anymore. Do we have a call? Uh, yes, it's Laura. Laura, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Marvelous. Okay, so TV talk. Mm-hmm. I watched Black Jesus the whole thing. <laughs> I love Black Jesus. Oh, apparently it's on Hulu now. Oh, it's on Hulu because yeah. yeah, Ron yep. Rosenbaum yep. wanted Black to know. Jesus, you're going to either be so offended you go cry in a corner or you're going to laugh your ass off. Yeah. One or the other. Oh, and so go funny. cry in a corner. Either way. Yeah. 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 So, Laura, what would you think? I, I couldn't stop laughing. It's the funniest show on television. Ain't nothing but a fat wound is my favorite Ain't nothing thing. but a fat wound. Walks to sees his mother. His mother goes, what happened to you? I got shot, mama. You dumb bastard. <laughs> and then when Jesus comes in the room, Jesus, sweet Lord Jesus. Oh, my Lord, my Lord. That was great. She made a nice bread for him and everything. Yeah, she makes bread for him. So, there, you know, nothing's on right now because I have binged everything. Oh yeah, I suppose you binged everything. Did you did you did you watch Scream Queens? Um, I have it on on cue, so I was thinking about watching it tonight, but then I didn't catch what you said about it. Was it good? Was it just go uh, just go throw just watch up it. now just watch and, yeah. and then you don't have to do it later. <laughs> watch you it and get back to us. I want to hear your take, Laura. By the way, Sean, yeah, uh, Laura, uh, t- uh, you know, kind of turned us on to story- shows like Rectify and Narco and really- Narco is great. Narco's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rectify is unbelievable as well, but Laura loves to binge watch. She said when she retires, she's going to retire to binge watching. That's, <laughs> what, well, that's, that's what we're all going to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Just plug true. us in. Plug so, us in and we'll binge watch. The I don't know if anybody's seen it. I don't know if I like it or not. Is this Bastard ex- Executioner? Oh, oh yes. I, I haven't seen one. The Bastard Executioner uh, yet. That's, what's his name? I like the name. Yeah, well. It's a guy from Sons of Anarchy. Or, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it's pretty gruesome, you know, because everybody's chopping somebody's head off, this and that. But um, I don't know. Is don't it about, know. like, where is it? It's a it's a medieval time okay. set. Okay. Not not the yeah. restaurant, the actual oh, okay. yeah. era. You know, and then <laughs> yeah. I didn't a little know. revenge, and the, you know. Oh yeah. So I don't know, but the other one I just got hooked on is Empire. Yep. You got hooked on well, Empire. That's got the biggest ratings of any show. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. huge. I am seven million. You, I, <laughs> it, it, yeah. I, but now I don't know about anybody else. I 
on uh, Comcast, you can, you know how they have first season and you can watch the whole entire first season? Right. Well, you get like five episodes and then you have to pay. The hell I'm paying. My cable bill is already too high. But yeah. you have to pay for an episode, like $3. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Voodoo does that, yeah. Like, wow, oh, a bunch of shit. It is. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to figure it out on my own what had happened. But this empire is—I didn't think I was going to like it. I love it. It's—I mean, he's one ruthless man. Yeah, uh, and I tell you, what, Taraji Henson—I I love Taraji Henson too. She's she she's incredible. <laughs> she is a cookie monster. That's for sure. Yeah, she <laughs> is indeed. I, I'm not a big Terrence Howard fan because I actually met him once, and he's a flaming prick. Uh, oh, what an asshole. So it's probably just him being him. Oh, well, yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. It's Terrence Howard being Terrence Howard. That's very, very true. I like, whenever I meet celebrities, I like to pretend like I have no clue who they are. Yeah. <laughs> See, I Every love that, time, I'm just like, well, uh, I love that. What was your name again? Tom Cruise? Cruise? Is it Cruise? Like that's EW that's or like a ship? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> That is wonderful. So wait, now you, I'm done with Black Jesus. I gotta wait till next week, and it's like again nothing now. Everything is already watched. Laura, did you did you watch True Detective season two? Yeah, I didn't like it. Oh yeah, it was garbage. It was terrible. But you I know what? Figure out what the hell. I still have the final episode. I'm like, I'm not even gonna watch it because yeah. I'm not even sure what the hell. Actually, was going actually, on so, some of the only good shit in that entire series is in this is in the last episode. What oh, happened? Really? So just skip to the last one. Right? Just skip to just one watch the last the, one. If you actually, if you just watch the last episode, it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a, like an Art Nouveau film. You know, you just figure out what got all those people there, and it's like, oh, this is kind of <laughs> interesting. Like, it, it yeah, tying in. Yeah. Like, I, and then you know, Fargo's getting ready to start in a couple weeks. Yeah, it is absolutely. I don't know if they're going to be able to do any better than the first, but we'll see. But on that Scream Queens, you know who uh, is the producer of that? Is that yeah. Ryan Murphy? Right, Ryan Murphy. He's, he's right. got one sick ass mind. <clears throat> well, it's pretty sick in this. I, I, we thought the show was just horrendous. Just so badly written. It was just very it's poorly that, written. Well, you know, I watched um, just I think two one season of what is that American Horror, and yeah. like last year. Well, this year. Well, well Freak Show. Yeah, Freak, Freak Show was not good. I didn't. I didn't like. No. I liked the previous. The best one was when there was Asylum. That was a good year. I'm gonna have to go back and. Um, watch that one because i kind of like the witch one because it was kind of funny at times yeah but um i don't know yeah, i need, I need some i need a good series to start again so longmire's I, daredevil longmire's i watched longmire i started on friday night saturday mm, sunday morning i lost i did the last one good god you're burning through it wow you are. i can i can <laughs> <laughs> my daughter Kelly goes. You need to get a life. Is that I have a life? I've got Longmire. I've yeah, got exactly. I don't need anything. I got my TV. I got it. I just have to ask you, Laura, before you go. Is Charlie Murphy incredible in Black oh, Jesus? So damn funny. Oh my God, is he funny on that show? They're all so damn. Funny. And, the, and the homeless guy. <laughs> oh, the homeless guy. That, oh, yeah. he, he's Boy. the security for the building. He's a complex security. I, 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 I need your social security I, number, Frito. Go in the apartment complex. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need your social security number. Yeah, okay. You know, uh, I, I only have one thing I think would made made it even better is if, uh, oh, what is her name for the mother instead of her, uh, Lewis. What is, her last name is Lewis. God, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> her name is Lewis. 
I can't think. I have it. I should have wrote it down. I, I have my know. notes ready. Well, I had my <laughs> notes ready. But when Charlie Murphy comes and says, hey, convict, <laughs> just tell you something. Don't you see what time it is? It's after 6 p.m., which means there's a two big N rule. Only two big ends allowed, so you other two ends are going to have to vacate the complex. <laughs> it was phenomenal. And you know, and the, and the best part about it is they, there's no, it, it's, they can say anything because it's them. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah. but that, that poor Jesus, he keeps getting, and, and it's, I just, how big is this guy? What is he, like seven feet tall? He's like he six foot like seven, yeah. Slink Johnson. I I mean I don't know how uh, he's just I it is so good and if and you can watch it on um, on demand too yeah you don't have to pay two dollars ninety nine cents for an episode right. that is pretty ridiculous there's no question I start a petition there you go you want you, you want a movie to watch if you've never seen it it's about two hours and forty minutes long you ever seen the Wild Bunch Sam Peckinpah is that from the seventies yep I know I've seen it ah oh, that's too bad because yeah. you'd you'd love that movie yeah. I, I went and saw Black Mass last weekend, and I can't say if it was good or bad. Yeah, I didn't because care Because I fell it was asleep all right. and slept through the whole movie at the movie theater. Yeah, that's not a good sign when you fall asleep during the movie. Yeah, you pretty much just told us whether it was good or bad. <laughs> exactly. Without even trying. <laughs> I just went to sleep. Went, my, my oh, that's said, a bummer I didn't know, to know you were asleep. I'm like, I paid 20 bucks for a nap. I could have done <sighs> stuff on my own. Yeah, to tell you the truth, they left out so many important things in the movie. The movie, it, it, the acting is terrific. So Johnny Depp's at least good? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, that's, that's all I really, yeah, he, I, yeah. I want him to make God, some sort needed, of comeback. He yeah. needed a good yep. movie. I'm, a, I'm tired of Tim Burton, twirly mustache oh, character. Oh, yeah. yes. you know, Twirly mustache. Twirly mustache. Got old 10 years ago. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Eyes and all that. Ugh. All right, Laura, behave okay. now. Please. Why? Please. Yeah, why? I'm ready true. for retirement. It's not time to behave yet. We'll talk okay. to you next week. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thanks a lot. We'll take a break here. Be back in 90 seconds. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, this 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. It's Tom, and I'm thrilled to let you know that for a very limited time, the Ultimate Weight Loss Program, powered by Nutmos, is having an early holiday sale. Well, you'll receive 20 to 30% off the cost of the program. Shed those unwanted pounds and look great before the holidays get here. Lose 20 pounds or more. Consumer guarantee. See website for details, ultimatewl.com. Ultimate's plan is unlike any other weight loss program out there. With over 1 million pounds lost to date, and clients like me will tell you that this is a weight loss program that works. This plan is customized for each individual person, and the Ultimate Weight Loss staff will be there for you every step of the way. They help me change my life. And they can help you, too. Start to live your healthiest life and schedule an immediate consultation in their new Edina location or Plymouth with expanded hours. And look great for the holidays. Sale ends Saturday, November 9th. Call now and save. 763-333-7337. Oh, there you go. Why did you play that song? What's that? Why did you play that song? 
Friday, last break of the week. Right? Ron, Ron Isley's going to be on next week. Is he? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see that. Oh, really? Ron Isley's a great guy. You know, wow. he was the first one. The song Fight the Power in 1975. Yeah. Oh, his brother wrote it, and Ron just ad-libbed all this bullshit going on. And his brother went, why'd you say bullshit? He goes, man, it needed to be said. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. It's you true. Know. It needs to be said again. So, Sean, you've been working like a dog all over the world? Yeah. Bouncing around. Honest to God. Happy dog. Oh, well, is Jude over there? He was. Jude's a good boy. Yeah. Jude immediately became friends with Sean. Good. Oh, he has a tendency time. to do. We were immediately friended up. You I like to... Cocker Spaniels a lot. Yeah. Do you have a dog? I don't. I, living in New York, it's just oh, yeah. impossible. It's impossible. It's true. Um, hard. And uh, you have to get, I mean, like, that would be a perfect size dog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's a little true. Bit like, a little bit size. Yeah, and they don't need a lot of exercise. Jude does a lot of laying around. But he oh, does he, need to be like walked. He does need yeah. to be. He walked, needs to be yeah. played with more. Than well, yeah, he loves. Yeah, he gets bored. Yeah, he doesn't get like uh, Alex. Alex, my sister has a dog, Birch. He needs to be like run. What kind of dog? He's Weird. half. Uh, he's half lab. Uh, yeah. So yeah, rambunctious. Yeah, they're always mm-hmm. yep. and, and yeah. But with Jude, young. it's like if you can throw a ball around or whatever, he's. Good for the even the in a evening. small New yeah. York apartment, is that's enough for him, which is roughly the size yeah, of the studio. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy, you want to bring Sandy up? All right, that'd be good. Bob Sansevier, Sam Sansevier. I saw Tim Lammers walking around. Yep, Tim is gonna, uh, he, he came into the studio to give us a few movie reviews coming up this weekend. The intern is one I want to see. Yeah, I heard that's, it sucks. Oh. <laughs> well, that's one I don't want to see. <laughs> and uh, Tim, Tim said, I think he said, you liked it or didn't like it. He did like it. So maybe well, he, Tim likes everything. He's a negative no, indicator. I will tell you what, I had a very, Bob, you'd love this. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Sean Patton's in here. He's at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30, as a matter of fact, uh, both yeah. nights. But Sean came in and sat down in the middle of, uh, we had about a 25-minute conversation with Fran Tarkin about his new book. Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was it was exciting for me. It was fun for me to watch how excited Sean was. He goes, is that the real Fran Tarkin? Yeah, yeah. It was a very cool moment. That was a great moment. That was. I mean, you get to talk to a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. I, that's the only one I've talked to. I don't know if you guys have talked to numerous yeah. Hall of Fame quarterbacks. You know, I've come around on Fran because there was a point where I just didn't think much of him, but then I got to know him better, and I had him on uh, when yeah. I was on the ticket for right. you know every Monday. And he, he actually – I love talking to him because no matter what you ask him, he's going to get out what he wants to get out. <laughs> no, that's yeah. true. That's very, very true. But he's a good, I mean, he seems like a decent chicken. guy. I saw it too. Someone brought in fried Did you chicken, Bob, didn't you they? Bob, do you have chicken? I do not. Yeah. Huh. You know me, I'm oh. cheese curd guy. Jude smells it now too. <laughs> Somebody brought in some for all oh, you know. Oh, Dan came. Dan in. and Tom are here. Yeah. Okay, good. We're not that all definitely ha- means we're not all having a group food. stroke. <laughs> <laughs> group you stroke. Pennies. Oh yeah, look at Jude. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah. my god, yeah. Somebody's like, brought fried chicken in here. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if they went to Monte Carlo. Oh, chicken Those wings. might be the chicken mm, wings. Very you like good chicken there. wings? I do. I like. I like. I'm. I'm rotund. I hope. Not really, but I like most things. All right, so Sam. Yes. Just keep keep propping the show up, will you? I'm doing my best, but, you know, he really yeah. drags me down. It is, uh, Your own it is chicken wings. Oh, my God. Yeah, you? there you go. Oh, that's, not, that's not Monte Carlo, is it? Runyons? Runyons? Oh, oh they're mm. phenomenal. 
No wonder everybody smells chicken. They got wings. <laughs> like, what is going away. on around All here? right, that's going to do it for TomBernardShow.com from the Sleep Number Studios. Don't forget, Sean is at Acme tonight, tomorrow night, 8 and 10.30 both nights. Sean, great to see you again, Thank you sir. for having me back. It's been a while. It has been a year and a half. A year and a half. It's yeah. unbelievable. You've all, you all gotten younger. Yes, except for me. <laughs> uh, the BS Show, Tim Lammers, maybe Bob, and the star of the show, Yes. You don't know Sam what you're Fancy. doing to her damn head. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, she can't even get through the door. I think she's going to be producing from oh, outside yes, the studio. Okay. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. Yeah.